Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. This podcast, I'm here with Paul Hayes from Beach PR, talking about the Dublin Startup Week. Yeah, uh, well, the wake started really because we used to do flounders, and we still do flounders around the time that Founders happens at the Web Summit, and Flounders is the club for failed uh, um, entrepreneurs, and of course, we have a big piece up, and uh, we, um, uh, we tell failure stories, but we're all too drunk, and we can't remember what's going on. So the Ryan Academy approached me and said, it would be good to have an actual place where we could talk about failure safely. Not celebrate it, not invite it, not want it, but if it is going to happen, and it is to 90% of startups, that there's at least some place where there's enough humour that people feel safe speaking about it, but there's a serious point in that they can purge what they've just gone through, because it's quite traumatic for the individual usually, uh, but they can also share that learning, because there isn't a forum in which you can actually share that learning. And I think we've so much more to learn from failure than success. Most people are successful because of a unique set of circumstances and timing and their ability, but it's usually particular to that person. So you can very rarely, you know, cookie cutter replicate what a successful person has done. In fact, I think most business books are bullshit from that point of view, uh, in that the essence of it, if they'll admit it to themselves, is that the timing was everything, or the market domain expertise with the right timing. So failure is an interesting thing to... uh, start to explore, but it's a really hard thing for us to allow ourselves to explore. So the way it came about, and we started putting all sorts of paraphernalia around it, you know, we've got coffins now, and chief mourners, and we have, uh, you know, the, 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 the whalers and the keeners, and the, uh, um, we normally start off with having a really big entrepreneur talk about his failure points, or her failure points in life, uh, but they tend to, you know, they've already succeeded towards the end, but it gives people permission to show that everyone has failures as they go along. And then we have three actual startups that have failed within the last year, and we have the co-founders or the founders on to have a very frank discussion about where did it go wrong, how much was their fault, how much was the market, what was the conditions, where did it get to? And I think it's important on two levels. It's important from their point of view to be able to purge and move on to their next thing. Yep. Uh, and it's also important that the community gets to learn from what their mistakes were because otherwise they tend to kind of get buried and I think psychologically it's it's important that they don't keep them buried in a bottom drawer somewhere that they let them out I actually wanted to burn the business plan but most places won't let us from a health and safety point of view actually burn a business plan yeah. uh, so now we just uh, drink a shot of Teeling's whiskey and we sing the parting glass and that's the moment that the uh, actual startup is wait it's done put a fork in it it's dead now you've admitted it you've admitted it publicly and it's okay so you're what you call Irish Betty Ford Clinic? I think, I think we are as close to therapy as you're allowed to get without charging. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important because otherwise it kind of festers, you know? It just stays there and, it, and you know, no one will admit that it failed. It's like, oh no, that project's in abeyance, I'm coming back to that and whatever. I think there should be a rule, you're not allowed to do another startup until you've buried your last one properly because it's not good for you. Well, tell the Irish builders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, builder. they're on a whole other. <laughs> they're on a whole other level. And look, I know it sounds a little bit self-indulgent, and you know, this is just millennials and startups being way too, you know, precious about themselves and where they get there. But to my mind, a startup is basically outsourced R and D for larger companies or VCs that have more money that want them to do something. So their job, in a way, is to flail around and take the risks of failure because the consequences aren't that much, but the consequences can be quite high on the individual. You're not, you know, turfing loads of people out of jobs because you're a small startup anyway, but 
you know, people take this quite personally and they find it hard to bounce back from it. So a lot of the startups that are going to be speaking at The Wake on Wednesday night in Smock Alley um, are friends of mine, people, uh, companies I've invested in, companies I've been friends with, companies that have been clients of ours, but really people that we love and we just want to see them do well and move on uh, and go again. And also, you know, there's this, uh, there's this myth of the, 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 the youthful entrepreneur, you know, but Zuckerberg and the Collison brothers and all those guys, they're outliers. Most entrepreneurs are in their mid-40s to late-50s and they're on their third time around and they have the wisdom and they have the drive and they have the motivation and the smarts to get it done. And we want to see people go again and again and again. If you talk to venture capitalists, they want to invest in the person the third time around yeah. after they've made the mistakes. But you want them to make their mistakes fast, small, and learn from them. Yeah, so I was reading Cork, a guy made, uh, won an award and he's 70. He was a tech startup. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's continual learning and it's continual um, you know, improvement on where you got to before. And the other thing is, you know, the sale or the trade sale or the IPO or the, you know, shutting it down. None of that actually, well, it's hard to say none of it matters, but in the end, very little of it matters because it's about the journey you had as you went along. And, you know, what friends did you make? What learning did you do? Who did you give a start to? Who did you bring out of themselves? Who did you coach well? Who did you mentor well? Um, and all of the stuff that happens to them. My favorite Irish entrepreneurial story is couched in, in failure. It's the failure of GPA. Well, out of the failure of GPA, not directly, but not too dislinearly, if that's a word, yep. came the biggest airline in the world by market cap, Ryanair, and the fact that two-thirds of the world's aircraft are now leased out of Ireland. You know, GPA at its height was 15% of the world's aircraft. But all those 25-year-olds lost their shirts and went around the world. And now, 25 years later, they're all running some of the biggest uh, aircraft leasing companies in the world. And the two little planes that were left over that were flying from Waterford to Luton, that, you know, even Michael O'Leary himself said he wanted to shut down and advised Tony Ryan to shut down, and he kept going with, is now the biggest airline in the world by passenger numbers carried and by market cap. It's phenomenal. You've got to... Now, no one that went through the GPA failure would like to go through it again, but look at what happened from it. The destructiveness that it unleashed, the creative destruction that it unleashed was amazing. And really, it's about a healthy overall ecosystem so that there's jobs for everyone to go to. My favorite mantra to everyone at The Wake is, your company failed, you didn't. In fact, by being in this company and by doing what you did, you've almost made yourself a job for life because you'll always be the one that sought out in terms of being employed or if you want to go again and where you want to get to. And uh, do you plan to do this once a year? Well, actually, we've done six or seven now. We franchised them a little bit uh, because we started them in the Rhine Academy um, last year uh, out in City West. Then it happened in Cork. Uh, then we went to London with it. And then the startup commissioner took it on and brought it to South by Southwest in Austin and in Berlin. Uh, and so the, the Irish know better uh, people than the Irish to do a wake. Uh, and now we're kind of bringing it back to Dublin um, uh, next Wednesday, the, the 2nd of November. Tickets still available on Eventbrite. Um, and I, I think it should, you know, it should go well beyond me. Uh, and it'd be great to be franchising them out to all the cities in the world so that people can do them. You don't need much, you know, a good bottle of Irish whiskey uh, and a good sense of humour. And you can, uh, you can make these up yourselves and we wish people the best of luck in terms of doing them. We'll put the videos up on, on screen and you can see how the actual format works. And how, how long will it last over the night? 
oh it's it's a good two or three hours of uh, you know it's, it, hopefully it's got a much longer footprint in terms of where it gets to but uh, it's it's kind of we get benediction from a very wise old person um, and then we get the three startups speaking for 15 or 20 minutes on their actual failure and then I tend to in case we get too self-indulgent I like to bring him back and get a bit of perspective so there'll be a, a blind Paralympian tandem cyclist uh, Peter Ryan coming to speak to us about how he overcame his difficulties to show us that you know it's not the end of the world that our tech startup didn't yeah. go to where we thought it would go uh, that there are bigger and more important things in life what about the IDA or Andrews Ireland will they be there as well well, they're always there, but they don't want to be too associated with failure, so they're down the back. As individuals, they're huge supporters of it. But it's, it's actually an interesting point, you know, in terms of we've never really gone for corporate sponsorship or whatever because it's kind of a brave sponsor that we come in behind failure and what it's about. Because on the face of it, we could be accused of, you know, celebrating failure or being too glib about it. And we're actually not. If you come on the night, you'll see that there's pain and there's seriousness, and uh, but there's also catharsis. And, and you do... I think of all the events, and I host an awful lot of events from the Irish Internet Awards, to the Data Science Awards, to you know everything around the world. I've hosted uh, things at South by Southwest. It's the event I'm most proud to be associated with because you actually come away with true learning, and people are themselves, and they're better people for it afterwards. So I guess with this, it shows that you, you can fail, and, and uh, it's good to fail. Well, I don't think it's good to fail, but it's good to, if you do fail, uh, it's good to be able to analyse it and take something from it yeah, in a structured way and share yeah, you know that's uh, yeah no absolutely I know uh, uh, but it's it's a tough one because we don't want to glamorise it or sentimentalise it either because it's tough I mean I can see the pain you know we're, there's a lot of tears shed as much as uh, euros spent yeah. on this stuff but I think sometimes you get perspective on what a startup is actually supposed to do which is to be outsourced R&D you know it's to flail around and dream of the things that aren't and, and ask why not to paraphrase Shaw badly yeah <laughs> Um, but, you know, that with that comes a heightened sense of failure. You know, it's really, really hard to make a success. There's just This is a beautiful time for startups in the world, but everyone's trying it, and that's fantastic. Uh, but it just means that there's going to be an overall increasing amount of people that don't make it for whatever number of reasons. The ultimate reason is you run out of road, you run out of runway, you run out of cash. You know, you either can't raise it or you can't make it quick enough. Um, and I, I, the VCs are quite interesting on this. We, we probably will have a VC uh, speak on the night about what they see generally in terms of failure and where the warning signs are and where it comes from and where it gets to. But I can I can tell you this: the three brave souls who stand up and bear their uh, bear their soul on how their startup failed they'll be much more attractive prospects for either investment or job or anything else down the line. So it's certainly worth it from their point of view to do it. Well, again, if they're more stating how they failed, you then think, well, they did it wrong. I know what not to do. Yeah, and there's also a thing about honesty, you know, that they're not, in this world, we're either lying to others or we're lying to ourselves, and sometimes yeah. we don't know which, you know, and it's, it's good to see people that just stand up and go, this is where we honestly made our best efforts, and this is where it failed and where it fell down. And they're the kinds of people you want to invest in because they're not lying. You know at least they're not lying to themselves. They have a self-knowledge. And that's, in the end, what people are looking for. Venture capitalists, to me, are very interesting people. I was always intimidated by them because I thought they, you know, they did big sums. But actually, they're not financially sophisticated at all. They, take, they do a very simple, we'll give you this much money for this much of your company because we believe in you. But they are as marketeers. But they're not even very good marketeers. They're trying to find people who are better marketeers than them. Because when you look at a company, a company is three things. It's finance, and that's binary. You either have it or you haven't, whether yeah. self-generated or raised. 
it's talent and that's kind of binary in retrospect you'll either have it or you don't and we'll know afterwards and then it's market domain expertise do you know something because of your experience or how you're in, in interacting with this market do you know something about this market that nobody else does and if you can convince an angel investor or a VC or even customers and partners of this you're away in a hack and it's actually marketing is what they're investing in it's also what they like to invest in because they say they want to invest in tech but that's a black hole into which any amount of their money can be poured and you can't really object what they really want is you're just at the cusp of a huge market and if you had the cash to accelerate it how far could you go this quickly and you need to you know you need the cash to be able to accelerate this quickly so it's it's fascinating to me I mean obviously in terms of PR and what Beach Hut does we deal with journalists all the time but it's exactly the same mindset as investors it's basically winnowing the winners from the losers before we know whether they are or not yeah. and trying to find them so you know we've got clients that have raised 150 million we've got clients that have raised a million we've got clients that have raised no money and are bootstrapping themselves and it's all self-knowledge knowing what you need at that time and more importantly what kind of life you want to live do you want to accelerate and build the billion dollar business or are you happy to make millions but own everything you have and know where it is you want to go in the world and it's for me it's, it's I'm not an entrepreneur but I love being entrepreneurially adjacent yeah. and for me just being alongside these different types of entrepreneurs and trying to help them figure out who it is they actually want to be in the world and then figure out the messages that will resonate in the wider world uh, I mean that's we're expanding in Beach Hut at the moment we're, we're let me plug that we're trying to hire as quick as we can if you, um, and we only work with great product builders uh, who need international PR uh, and that PR mightn't be glamorous we get people into the Wall Street Journal the New York Times and the CNBC's and Mashables and TechCrunches but, and I'm not just saying this because you're here yeah. it can be much more important to their business that they get into Irish tech news yeah. so that they recruit the right people so that the right product messaging is getting out there so that they, they hit the, the audience they want to get to my favourite thing is um, you know for one of our clients Currency Fair Costa del Sol Radio uh, you know, which is almost like hospital radio down in Spain yeah. is one of the most important platforms because there's 2 million retired Brits in Spain who need to get their pensions converted and sent out to them yeah. every month to pay their rents uh, you know so it's not about the glamour it's about finding the watering hole where your customers or partners are and then coming up with a resonant message for that watering hole uh, in Intercom, John Collins does an amazing work he was a former deputy editor of the Irish Times he's now the managing editor of Intercom and I think he has more listeners and readers of his blog now than he ever did when he was in the Irish Times but it's pretty much the same business model he gives them 70% you know phenomenally uh, insightful uh, news about things that they're interested in and then 30% is kind of related back to Intercom but you don't want to make it a complete ad either yeah. and he's doing the same thing so content engagement on that level is, is fascinating and it's kind of where PR is going so I guess you're kind of a fixer you know the contacts in place to help them grow further yeah I mean there, there's two things mostly you should you should be able to do this stuff yourself but the only and I'll just do the plug for us here I think we're a good accelerant for a year or two where you don't know the contacts yet and you haven't quite figured out what bigger messages will resonate if you can't talk about your own company well you're probably not at the races at all anyway but where someone like Beecher can help is can we make you the proof of a bigger trend in the world can we insert you into the bigger stories that people actually want to read 
because they'll read profile pieces on companies but they only do that once most companies are only interesting once yeah. after that it just becomes too repetitive it's more what bigger trend in the world are you the proof of or are you helping to enable or you know where, where are you in this and, and positioning people in that can be complex and it can mean dealing with multiple press in multiple countries at the same time at different levels and with different messages so it's really uh, not to demystify uh, what we do too much but really it's traffic copying yeah. All right, Paul, thanks very much for that. That's perfect. And looking forward to next Wednesday. Should be a good night.